Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to today's episode of the Hello Storyteller podcast. I am Melissa, and here is Meg. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. So it's Thursday, isn't it? Yeah, it's Thursday. What's that? No, no, it's Thursday. Yay. Oh, it's Thursday. Yay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All my fun things are over. It's not Monday anymore. It's not Wednesday anymore. Tuesday has passed. Thursday. Are, is Thursday like the most depressing day of the week? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. It's not Friday. It's not Friday. It's not like the weekend. So Thursday, I guess, is my least favorite day of the week. Good to know. <laughs> Nothing happening <laughs> See, I like Thursday because it's like we're almost to Friday. Like I could do without Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thursday's Those good. like my favorite days. Monday's my least favorite day. Oh, it's my favorite. I don't know if we could be friends. Although I probably could be friends with most people because I think everybody hates Monday but me. I'm weird. Whatever. No, I could see where some people would find maybe motivation on a Monday. I don't. It's a new day. It's a fresh restart. I, you know, I get to like go to work because I love my job and everyone's out of my house. I like it. Mondays are great. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Now we've we've drilled down to why she doesn't like Thursdays. (laughs) Yes, it's too close to the dang weekend. When everybody's home. Everyone's in my face. (laughs) Get out of my face, please. I hear, I feel that. I feel that on a deep, deep level. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm never alone anymore now that we have this dog. <laughs> See, I'm lucky that Penny's still, she's a big dog, so she doesn't follow me around like my tiny little dogs used to. So it's kind of nice having a oh, little Oh, he follows me everywhere. <laughs> well, if Penny was out of her crate, she'd be following me everywhere, but she's not. Well, she's outside, so actually. part of it is that it's very clear that I am his person. And the other part is that we just have mom dog talk, by the way. Yeah, no, it's not going to be that. I'm just in a little story. I'm not not taking on the title of dog mom. So Ah, that's why I said it. But he's also a a herder. So Mm -hmm. I saw something on Instagram a while ago, because, of course, now now that I have a dog, all of the things that show up for me on Instagram are dog related. (laughs) Of course. It's and reading I'm like, your mind. Stop it. Crazy I don't internet. need dog content 24-7. <laughs> no, but I saw like a reel or something and it was, you know, that, um, you know, that little voiceover on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, where it's like the little kid voice and they're going, this is bullshit. Like <laughs> that one. So it has, it has the, you know, the, that voiceover happening, but it's a picture of a dog who's like laying on their side, like looking at their owner. And the caption was when mom keeps getting up to walk away, um, <laughs> and because I'm a, because I'm a herder, I have to follow her, but I'm tired. And that is legitimately true. So yeah. like my husband can get up and walk away. The kids can get up and walk away. He doesn't move a muscle. This dog can right? be in the middle of a dream, like paws moving, you know, <laughs> snoring away. I get up off the couch and he's like, huh? Yeah. Follows me Mm-mm. everywhere I, I go. Your pain, friend. So. And kind of like the just, rest of my family, though. I get up, they all follow me, too. I'm like, stay, stay. Right. Stay. Leave me alone. Leave Don't me alone. move. I'll give you a treat. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sit down. Stay. <laughs> I just treat. need to trade them. Like, oh, we're not even going there. Anyways, I know. On. <laughs> I know. Yes. So, yeah. So I'm just never alone because he's with me all the time. Although he was a little punk yesterday. He's, I don't know if he's, um, 
repenting for yesterday. He's just been sleeping pretty much all day today. So that's that's been helpful because I've needed to get some work done. But he's chewed on a couple things and, you know. Rat bastard. Sort of annoying, but. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> just, just a wee bit. And we were doing Minnesota. so well. Like, he's learned a lot in the last couple of weeks because he didn't know how to do stairs before. <laughs> oh, and yeah. So Has he improved now? I had to carry him, you know, up and down the <laughs> stairs, which that got old real fast. Baby so style. So he learned how to go, yeah, he learned how to go <laughs> up the stairs, because that's easier, you know. Uh-huh. But then, accidentally, <laughs> we shut the door at the top of the stairs, and so he went up the stairs ahead of me, and then was like, whoa, whoa, I can't go anywhere, and like, turned around and came down the stairs, and so Dave and I were like, oh my god, Skipper, good job, we totally scared him. <laughs> I don't know why that name makes is so funny to you, but I don't know. Uh, so he like, I don't think he knew what he was doing, but he went down the stairs and we got so excited about it. I think he thought he was in trouble. So he like laid down in the corner and was like, I don't know what I did. So he, pretty quickly he picked it up. The downside now is that like, so before when he couldn't do stairs, he would just stay wherever you put him. So like he'd oh, stay in my crap. office because he'd be like, I can't follow her. But yeah. now I have to like sneak out of my office and shut the door behind me. So like, I'm like, I'm just going up to reheat my coffee. And then he looks annoyed. <laughs> so annoying, isn't it? <laughs> he looks annoyed at me. Like when I get up to go upstairs and then he's like, you're not, you're not taking me anywhere. You're not, this is all you came up here for. I'm like, I didn't tell you to follow me. So, you know, it's just it's another whole... personality. You got to get permission from. It's, fine it's true. Know. But you know what? I... I just made a chart recently because that's how we do it in my say. house. I know. You Shocking. make charts? No. No. Never. <laughs> do I run my house like a mental military academy? No. No. Yeah. So if you know me at all in real life um, <laughs> or even on, follow me on Instagram, you know that we we run on schedules and we run on it's charts a tight in this ship. house. <laughs> no, it's a sinking ship that's barely staying afloat, <laughs> but I like to pretend that it's not. The inmates definitely hey, run Captain. the asylum here. <laughs> No, They're so I have like willingly <laughs> pretty much. Please take me, speed me to the sharks, please. <laughs> so we have we have charts for multiple things. We have a chore chart, we have a bus chart, we and now we have a dog chart because you know who maintains all these charts? I do. So oh. who's the one that spends the majority of the time with the dog? That would be me. Duh. Who is the one that feeds the dog and takes the dog out, takes the dog for a walk? Also me. You. So when the boys get home from school, I'm like, you're it. And so I told them the other day, I was like, listen, the dog's thing up here with you. You need to watch him because he's still a puppy. So he still gets into stuff he's not supposed to get into. And I said, you need to watch him. And you, you know, at this time, someone needs to take him for a walk. And then after he gets back from a walk, he, you need to play with him, basically, because he's got a lot of energy. How's that going? So, well, I come upstairs and I'm like, why is the dog acting like a crazy person? <laughs> and my oldest, my oldest. See, now we're entering into preteen, teenage attitude mm, in my house. I don't like it. I don't like it. And he just looks me straight in the face and he's like well that's because we didn't play with the dog we just hooked him up to the run out in the front and i was like i'm sorry huh he's like what well well my brothers told me i had to do it and mind you this is the same child that when i asked him to take the dog out he was like why do i always have to do it so his one of his brothers took the dog out and then another brother took him for a walk and so i looked at him and i said let me let me see if i let me see if i understand what happened here you didn't want to take the dog, let the dog out. So you didn't. You didn't take the dog for a walk. 
your brothers did both of those things. And yet you felt like you were somehow exonerated from having to play with the dog. And he was like, well, I'm always the one. I was like, no, nope, 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 nope. I'm going to stop you right there. I said, if you want to start doing a tit for tat of who spends and does the most for the dog, I win by a mile. (laughs) Always. So now, now I'm getting aggravated, right? We haven't even had this dog a month. Okay. I knew this was going to happen. And so I look at him and I, so there I am standing, standing in my hallway. I'm like, almost 12 year old is like looking at me with that look on his face. This makes you want to like wring somebody's neck. And I was like, this, this is exactly why I said no to pets forever. I said, I'm not asking you to go pick up his poop. I'm not asking you to wipe his butt. I'm not asking you to clean out his teeth with your fingers. I'm asking you to go play in the backyard with the dog. That is what I'm asking you to do. You're going to do it anyway. Just do it with the dog. So I said, so if you think that this is how this is going to continue to go, you're sadly mistaken. So I need you to get your mind right. I need to get your attitude changed. And so that night I made a chart and it's called dog duty. (laughs) And (laughs) it's on. I did. And it's right above our chore chart. And so now there's a schedule of who takes the dog out in the morning and then who's on dog watch patrol after school, who takes the dog for a walk, who plays with the dog and then who's vacuums the living room in the hallway because to get all the dog fur up. And, and who's on duty duty. You know, I haven't put that on there yet, but I need to because that's also something that has to get taken care of. They're old enough. They can do it. They're old enough to do all of it. So it's been working relatively well. I think yesterday was the first or two days ago was the first full day that we had the chart in place. But, you know, they respond well to a chart. They like to know what they have to do. So it's all, it's the whole week is spread out, right? It just rotates every, it's just, you know, we go through, everything is rotated. And so it just stays there. So now they know who's responsible for what. And like every, I don't know, every three days, they only have one thing to do with the dog as opposed to like two things to do with the dog. So I think it's going, I think it's going to help. I think it's going to go well. Because I was like, <laughs> this is why I said no. This is why I said no to the dog. Hey, here's what's going to happen. You're going to now snapshot those charts and send them to me so I can get my kids to do them. Oh, <clears> yeah. So we I have a have full chore chart system. I need all home. the charts. All the things. Because and then I need the someone thing. to hold me accountable to stick to the well, chart. Well, <laughs> there is the, the clincher. So. Uh, <laughs> I can make so, all the pretty awesome cool charts I want. Ask me if I stick to it because I can't remember. Well, so okay, I'll just do it myself. It's easier. No, uh, Megan. No. (laughs) Oh, wait, that's not how you're supposed to pair it. Oops. Well, I mean, you can if it's your choice. It's not what I would recommend. Because here's the deal. My kids are my kids are my oldest is going to be 12 and my younger two are almost nine. So like this is it's like they can do this stuff. And my kids have been doing chores pretty regularly since they were like three or four like age appropriate stuff but like hey you're gonna you're gonna wipe down the table or hey you're gonna unload the dishwasher or the silverware for the dishwasher you're gonna help me fold towels or whatever like my kids have always had chores to do and so at this point now we've sort of like we got out of the habit a little bit just because our fall was so crazy that like we were just running around but now that we're like slowing down now now we're getting back into the swing of things because like that we have no excuse the kids have no excuse as to why they can't do something like we don't have practice we don't have games they've got they do rock climbing we do that once a week and they're home every other night 
So it's it is sort of a self-disciplined piece of of me sort of saying like having to remind them and having to like summon up the internal energy to deal with kids be like, why do I have to do that? And I don't like to do it. Like I just Always. this is what I told my husband the other day. So when I worked in higher ed, I I used to train students. And so we had, you know, if you were if you were if you went to college and lived on campus, you're probably familiar with the term RA or resident advisor. They're the students that, you know, that live in the residence halls and sort of are in charge of the different floors. And, you know, they had to be on, on duty and walk around and like deal with issues and problems and whatnot. And so I used to train the students and I used to train them on this topic called verbal judo. And there's a there is a connection here. So I'm getting to it. <laughs> so my husband was getting really frustrated the other day because one of our twins, we've talked I've talked about him on this podcast before. He, you know, he is a bit of a challenge behaviorally and he has a tendency to be very sort of like combative when he doesn't want to do something. And with my husband, he tends to give my husband a much harder time than he gives me. And so, and I think we've, we've all seen that, I think with our own children in different stages of life, like when they prefer one parent over the other, or they listen to one parent, like when my kids were like three and five, you know, they were monsters for me all day when I was home. And then my husband would come home and they would do everything he said. He's like, well, I don't understand why your day was so hard. I'm like, I'm going to stab you while you're sleeping. <laughs> because they just behaved so differently with me. But in any case, so I, I pulled him aside the other day and I said, you know, I'm going to give you a little piece of advice. <laughs> Unsolicited advice, which is my husband's least favorite thing <laughs> that I do. Mine too. <laughs> But I said to him, I said, is he doing what you asked him to do? And he said, yeah, but but he's he's, you know, saying this is running his mouth. I was like, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if I said he can do he can say whatever he wants within reason. He can say whatever he wants as long as he is doing what you say. And that is a tenant of of the verbal judo that I used to tell my my college students, like if you're if you're dealing with a room party situation an underage drinking or whatever, and you tell them, you know, you need to gather all the IDs and you need to, you know, pull you know to put all the alcohol in a pile like they can call you every name in the book as long as they're following your directions you i used to tell my students my student staff i said i don't know if any of them listen to this podcast but if they do they're gonna laugh at this next part they should. i was like all you i want you to write it down whatever they say write it down i love direct quotes they're my favorite thing ever because when that student comes in to sit down with me for a meeting guess what i'm gonna hand them a list of their quotes and I'm going to have them read them out loud. So like, so I said that the concept applies to my children as well. If I give them a task to do, let's say that I, I tell one of my kids, Hey, it's your turn to clean the bathroom. I 99% uh, of the time, this is how that conversation transpires. Hey, it's your turn to clean that bathroom. Oh, <laughs> I hate cleaning the bathroom. I just did it. Like, that's how it goes, right? But if if at the time that they are saying this exasperation, right, sharing their exasperation about it, they are getting the paper towels and they're getting the spray bottle and they're walking upstairs. I have no issue with that whatsoever. You're allowed to have feelings about it. Now, if you're being incredibly disrespectful, that's a different situation. But if you're just communicating your displeasure, I don't I don't personally have an issue with that. As long as you're following my directions, you can say whatever you want. We can deal with that at a different time. I just still need you to to keep doing what yeah. I asked you to do. And so, you know, I was saying to my husband the other day because he was getting super frustrated about what he was saying. I said, but he's doing he's doing it right. He's like, yeah, I'm like, then just walk away. Yeah, just walk away because At that point, you just walk away. <laughs> there's there's 
I think it's hard. And I think too, especially I think for depending on the type of household that you grew up in, you know, I know I have a lot of friends who, you know, their household was not one where, where emotions were sort of allowed to be present and where, you know, as a child, you weren't allowed to, to say if you were upset or, or sad or angry or frustrated, like that just wasn't allowed. And so, you know, I think I grew up in a household, fortunately, that discussion was discussion and open conversation was a sort of a priority with my mom. And so I remember, like, I remember so vividly, we got into an argument or something and I just wanted to stomp up the stairs and slam my door. That's all I wanted to do. And she was like, nope. <laughs> Nope, we're not going to do that. You're going to have to talk to me. It's like, no, I just want to slam my door in frustration. And she was like, no, nope, we're going to talk about it. And so I think, you know, I think I try to, to sort of bring that into my household too, that, you know, it's okay for my kids to have feelings about things. It's okay, you know, for them to be frustrated about something. It's okay for them to not like something that I tell them to do. That's okay. There's, there's a time and a place for the expression of those emotions and for those feelings. And at the end of the day, it's important that, that that's validated for them. It's important that they know that it's okay to be frustrated. I get frustrated. Like I, there's tons of things that I have to do that I don't like to do. They still have to get done though. And so okay. it is possible to simultaneously not like to do something and still do it. And so that is sort of, I think we're, we're. It's called adulthood. <laughs> it, well, it's, a, it's called like a life skill, right? <laughs> And it's so hard when you're when you're a kid, right? It's so hard because you you don't have any view of the world, so you don't have, you know, you want to watch TV and your mom wants you to clean the bath. And that's about the biggest struggle that, that right. most of our children have. So I think when it comes to the chore chart, like I, I try to have a really healthy perspective that, the, that my children are not going to like having to do chores. I hated doing chores growing up. Well, who I hated likes it. doing chores? Nobody. I don't like doing chores. No one. No. <laughs> Nobody. So, I don't care. How old you are? No way. Right. So the, the point being that I think I think sometimes as as parents, we have a tendency to be like, well, why can't they just do it without complaining? <laughs> like, I don't I don't personally think that's a reasonable expectation. You can complain. Just still do it. Those are that's my yeah. only rule. <laughs> and like the complaint can't like go on for like five or ten minutes. Like complain. I understand you don't want to do it. I've acknowledged that. Now go do it. <laughs> right. And it just becomes a process of of consistency, which is, is always the hardest part in parenting because, you know, being consistent and whatever it is that you decide is the hardest piece because it is sometimes just easier to be like, fine, I'll do it myself or fine, I'm not going to have this fight. Oh, you're going to do the Meg method? <laughs> and I'm not saying that I don't do that. There's plenty of times that I do that as well. But I try to remember myself like, when it comes who, to baking, who am I? Do it. You're making a mess. <laughs> oh, geez. But I try to, I try to remember like, who am I? Who am I helping and who am I hurting when I do that? Yeah. I may be lessening my own frustration because it's just going to get down and I'll have to fight with somebody about it. But I'm not teaching my child anything about perseverance or following directions or pushing through something that's hard or uncomfortable. And I know that might seem like a big leap when you're talking about cleaning a bathroom. But think about situations in your life where you have to sort of push through or you have to sort of decide, right, or motivate yourself you know, whatever, to get out of bed in the morning or to go for the run or to, you know, do the work that you've been putting off. And I'm, I'm an Olympic level procrastinator. So I get it. Like, <laughs> I understand. You're like, well, why can't I do it later? And what do I do right now? And like, I totally get that. So, you know, I My think the motto later never comes. We're doing it now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's exactly. Really in the last couple of months, I'm telling you. 
It's true though. And I, you know, I have one child in particular who constantly wants to, and it's just because of sort of how he's built, right? Instant gratification is, is mm-hmm. important to him. And so having to, and transitions are hard. So having to stop doing something that he's really enjoying to go to something he really doesn't want to do. Whereas my other two might sort of grumble about it. They'll like grumble about it and then they'll do it. It could be that could cause a 20 to 30 minute meltdown or fight for him. And so you know, there's certain things that we sort of have figured out that works better with him. And I think works for all of my children, too, to a certain extent is. So I don't know if you guys have like an Alexa or a Google or or whatever Alexa. Google Home, but we have we have a Google Home. And I have found that if I say to my my younger two specifically, listen, you can continue doing what you're doing for whatever, 10 minutes. When the timer goes off, you have to transition to something else. But I have them set the timer so they go in and they, I can't say it because I have one in my office, but you know, they, they tell the timer, you know, they say, you know, set the timer for 10 minutes. And then they know when the timer goes off and they can go and they can ask how much time is left on the timer. So it, it gives them some ownership over it. And so it's not me telling them, it's like, okay, you go set the timer. You need to check in and see how much time is left on the timer. And then when the timer goes off, then you transition. Does it work perfectly every time? No, it does not. But it does help in that it gives them that transition time. Because I think as, as adults, you know, if someone think about how you feel, like when you're in the middle of working on something or in the middle of doing something and your kid comes in and is like, mom, 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 mom. And they want you to drop whatever you're doing. You're like, give me a minute. Yeah. (laughs) And I think- I try to give them that warning, you know, like a five minute warning. But I think again, yeah, doing that timer where they're taking the initiative to set the timer and have some accountability and some responsibility of it would probably help improve things off my end. I do set it sometimes, but yeah, I'll have, I'll have my oldest start doing it herself. Yeah. And I just, you know, it gives them that little piece, it gives them that little piece of ownership and, and responsibility and, you know, and they still like being able to, you know, talk to our Google and ask it questions and all that stuff. So it sort of plays into what something they like to do anyway. And they fight over who gets to set the timers and, and whatnot. So it's sort of motivation for them. But I think, you know, I try to, I mean, heaven knows, any given day, it's just throwing shit against the wall and hoping something sticks that works that particular day. Like, that's just how how parenting feels to me anyway, (laughs) the majority of the time. It's like something that worked yesterday, just not work today or something that worked two months ago, you know, didn't work two months ago. I try again and it works. And so, like, I, the, it's, it's a constant roller coaster ride. Yeah. In all aspects of life. Yeah. But I do try to sort of sometimes think, especially now that my kids are older, like we, my husband and I had this conversation not too, too long ago. You know, we are, we are in a totally different phase of parenting mm-hmm. right now with our, the ages that our kids Amen. are. And, you know, and there's a lot that I really, really like about it. And yeah. there's, there's a, there's another chunk that is challenging in a completely different way than it was when they were smaller and little I liked you when you couldn't speak <laughs> yeah right why did I give you words I say that to myself <laughs> all the time yeah you the English language I know but you know I was saying to my my husband you know, my husband and I have joked about this pretty much since we had kids I was like listen I'm good I've got the, I've got this thing covered from birth to two like I'm good I love me a baby like I think they're great I love that age two to five no idea what to do with those kids. None whatsoever. Like 
the like the imaginary play I stab me in the eye nothing about that I like and my oldest tapped me out she made me play make-believe so I was like dead <laughs> and so when my youngest came around I was like I'm out <laughs> I gotta go it but- just was never something I was comfortable like I just felt really uncomfortable as a parent in that age range like mm-hmm. in terms of like day-to-day interaction and I also sort of like found myself when my younger two were two and a half I I jumped full fully immersed into being a stay-at-home parent but I had zero experience (laughs) very unqualified (laughs) for the job oh yeah at that age and so it was a lot but that was like my husband I think wanted our kids to be two like from the second they were born and he (laughs) was he was wonderful at that age. He would think of things like games to play and think. And I was like, I never, that never would have occurred to me. And so we sort of joked that he's like, yeah, from like, you know, two to five, I got it. You know, we can sort of tag team them from like seven to 10. And I was like, yeah, then I'll take them after that. Because that age range, like the age that my son is now, my oldest son is now almost 12 through, you know, through college years is sort of my wheelhouse. And on the flip side, it's a, it's, it, I, my husband is struggling. And I think <laughs> it's because, again, it comes down to sort of that communication piece of, you know, of, of how to talk to your kids and, and to be able to let little things go. And that's, and that's a personality piece. I think, you know, that for some people it's, you know, I joke with Laura all the time, Laura phrase, who's part of our admin team, that she'd probably have a heart attack if she ever walked into my house, because it's, <laughs> so disorganized as compared to hers and you know and there's she and i have joked many times about things that like would like drive her crazy that like i wouldn't i would never even see or deal with and so you know like like my children wearing appropriate outerwear in the winter time this is a struggle all the time <laughs> shorts <laughs> Sh- heaven forbid i want them to wear a winter jacket or a hat or gloves and especially especially my oldest because it is I don't know what it is about sixth grade. I remember this from my sixth grade year. Apparently sixth grade is the year in which dressing for the appropriate weather is not the cool thing to do. You are either supposed to freeze to death or, or, you know, or roast because heaven forbid, heaven forbid you wear a winter coat when it's snowing. You're like ostracized from the cool group. I don't, I don't understand. Like are, is this like, like don't naked feel and afraid? It? I don't know. I, like, is My it naked own... and afraid elementary school edition? Like, you know, we're gonna be on the <laughs> playground for for recess and just see who did, who doesn't develop hypothermia. Like, I don't understand. I don't get it. Maybe they just but, don't want to carry it around later. I, I remember that being an issue when I was in school. Like in Southern California, it'd be cool in the morning, but then it'd be really nice in the afternoon. Yeah. So you didn't really want to wear like a big old jacket because then you had to carry it around all day. So. I and like I, I get that piece in like for us here, like October, beginning of November. It does. It can be like 30 in the morning and then 75 by the afternoon. So I get that piece. But we are we are fully ensconced in winter here. So it's you know, it's like 14 in the morning and like 32 by the time they get home. So it's it's below freezing all day. It's not as though we have a 50 degree, you know, range swing from morning to afternoon. We're fully immersed in winter at this point. So my, I could hear my husband, the kids got off the bus the other day and he was like, where is your jacket? Why don't you have it on? And, and he's like, I don't know what we're going to do with him. I'm like, we're going to leave him alone. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, okay, 
he is going to have to learn. He's going to have to learn. And if he get, if he's cold, then he'll either deal with being cold because he really doesn't want to wear his jacket or he'll put it on. And there was something about like, he asked him to have a snack because he had to go somewhere and he was going to be late for like, he wasn't going to get back until after dinner. And you know, a 12 year old boy eats like a horse. And so he saw him outside and he was like, I told you to have a snack. He's like, I didn't have a snack. And he's like, what did you have? I had fruit snacks. That's not enough. And they're going back and forth. <laughs> and I was like, not a snack. It's well, like candy. Yeah, I know. Right. And so, so my husband was like, he needs to eat more. And I said, hey, what are you going to do? Force feed him, strap him yeah, to the chair. Right. It's like he he has <laughs> to is. learn. This choice. I said he's gonna go to this thing and he is either gonna be hungry and realize that he needs to eat more next time, or he's not, and he'll come home and and be fine. But like he's 12. He ha- we have to trust his ability to to make these decisions and or make these mistakes so that he can learn from them. And the other piece too is I, I read something a long, long time ago. My kids are really, really little. And, and it's always sort of stuck with me that, you know, how I respond to the things that they do or the things that they say, or the things that they tell me when they're younger is going to affect how comfortable they feel in coming to me when they're older and potentially about bigger things. So in my mind, it's not, it's not worth it to me to have a full on fight with my 12 year old about his jacket or (laughs) about how much he had to eat because I, A, I want him to know that I trust him, right? I want him to know that I trust his ability to make decisions and to learn from them. And I also want him to know that I'm not going to fly off the handle about stupid stuff. That he, and maybe I don't think it's stupid, but I know he thinks it's stupid. And so because heaven forbid something bigger or more important or more serious comes along I mean, think about the thought process. Think about your own thought process of how, you know, if and how you felt comfortable going to your own parents was, you know, oh my God, he freaked out. Remember that time I didn't have my coat on? He was like, lost his mind. Am I going to go talk to to my mom or to my dad, you know, about this, you know, whatever, this situation at school or, or, you know, my sexuality or, you know, whatever it is, if they feel like you're going to fly off the handle about something really small. Right. And so... I don't know. It just always stuck with me that way that, you know, I want my kids to feel comfortable coming to me with whatever and just knowing that, you know, that we can talk about it, whatever it is. And so I think especially now as my older son is definitely like we're heading into teenagehood here. Just, you know, just. Yay. You know, yay. <laughs> I'm actually, I don't know. I'm actually. I'm actually kind of excited about it. I think I think it's. He, I think I'm really going to enjoy him as a teenager. I say that now. We'll come back to the podcast <laughs> a year and a half from now, and we'll see if I still feel the same. Well, he um, stops talking to you. Yeah, you right. That might be a welcome change. <laughs> he talks all the time, so I don't know if I mind the quiet. You know, but I, <laughs> I remember my mom saying to me that she's like, you know, everyone scared me so much about having teenagers. She's like, they just everything anyone, no one ever had anything positive to say about having teenagers. She's like, and I. She's good that you all didn't have your moments, you know, here and there. She's like, but I actually really enjoyed, you know, all of you, like my brother, my sister and I as teenagers. She's like, you were you were mostly fun to be around. Like you, you know, we could talk about things and have actual conversations about things. And and I and I feel that way about my oldest. No, the the jury's still out on the younger two. But I think (laughs) I do actually think I'm going to actually really enjoy him as he gets older. He's a he's a he's a really good kid and I appreciate his, 
his insight on things and the way he views the world. And it's just been really, really fun to sort of watch him develop into his own sort of person. And he has his moments. He has his moments where he's got a super attitude. And I'm like, <laughs> ugh, go away. But that's to be expected about, I mean, I'm not a bucket of sunshine every day either. So, <laughs> you know, I mean. I am. Just kidding. <laughs> always. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, parenting is, it's a wild ride. And I don't know, I'm choosing, I guess I'm choosing to step into this realm of getting close to parenting teenagers with with a with a outlook of optimism that we've created a, a good enough environment in our house that that our kids feel comfortable in talking to us and that they know that their their ideas and their their thoughts are welcome uh, to be a part of the conversation and that we trust them. And so, you know, here's hoping. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> here's hoping that it goes well. <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm nervous, but excited as well. I mean, my, I have a nine and a half year old, so close to 10 and two inches shy of me. So, uh, oh my gosh, she's so, she's always been tall though. She's five one and she's nine. How? I don't understand it. She likes to just go around and pick me up all the time. I'm like, stop it. (laughs) Knock it off. She's like, look what I can do. Oh my gosh. Mad TV. (laughs) But we, the girls and I have a very uh, close relationship. I mean, yeah. we go on our, our road trips or, you know, daily outings or whatever. And we just, we laugh and we sing and we dance and we're wild. <laughs> and we just have a good time and we really don't care who's watching us or who's listening to us. And we just kind of do our thing. And yeah. I really want them to remember that. I want them to just kind of live life, you know, unapologetically. and have a little wild side and be creative and fun. And, you know, we have our serious moments too. I don't, don't get me wrong, but for the most part, that's what I try to promote. And that's, that's who I am. So to say my kids are the two people who like truly know who I am, you know, like to my core, they just, they see me, you know, and yeah, uh, I, I love spending time with them, especially in those moments and in, in those settings where we're just living life and loving life. And, and that's what I want them to be. So I think that uh, through the teenage years, I think that will continue to grow and, and really just blossom. And I'm, I'm excited for those times and those moments. So cheers to uh, looking forward to that. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we're drinking or anything, although I am drinking my caramel mocha coffee from mcdonald's today oh i'm not drinking anything at the moment i need to, i haven't had lunch yet i need to do that yeah that'd um, be good yeah <laughs> so let's see what else is going on i went away for the weekend oh where'd you go friend uh so we have a family cabin up in the berkshires mm. and mm. so not last weekend but the weekend of, we need no. to do that sometime soon next I year that yeah so the weekend before thanksgiving so my best friend and i have been going away, you know, one weekend a year for like the last, oh gosh, I don't know, six, seven years. And so, yeah, so we went away the weekend before Thanksgiving, Friday to Sunday. It was spectacular. I got a pedicure on Friday. I got a massage Ooh. on Friday. I drove up go. there. And then, so this was exciting too. So a venue up in Vermont 
had reached reached out to me that they were they had been they're in the process of remodeling they're just about to reopen they're putting together a wedding program and they wanted to have me on their vendor list and so that's the first time that's ever happened where like a venue has reached out to me so I was like yes that sounds great so she had said the the wedding coordinator there had said hey if you're ever in the area let me know I'd love to have you come up we can do a tour and we can you can stay for dinner and all that stuff so it just so happened that it's probably a, a solid two two hours and 15 minutes from where I live, but where we were staying was only about an hour and a half. And so, you know, I said to my friend, I said, Hey, do you want to go up there with me? We can do this little tour and then we can stay for dinner. And so she said, yes. So we went up there and it's beautiful. It's called the Hermitage Inn in Vermont. And it is stunning. It's like super quintessential Vermont on the outside. Meg, you would die on the inside of this place. Ooh. It's like, I don't even know how to describe it because it's like modern, but with this like, I don't not almost sort of like, it's got like a bit of a great Gatsby feel to it. Like Ooh, deep right? green velvet chairs, dark oh, mahogany yeah. wood, it's like real. leather. It's uh, a beautiful. So they have a five-star restaurant and they have the largest, one of the largest wine collections in North America. Mm. Okay. So we stayed for dinner. And it was probably the best meal I've ever had in my oh entire my life. Let me what tell you what I, let me tell you what I ate for dinner. Okay. okay so please do. now if you know not that me, I'm hungry uh, or anything. Right. If you know me at all, you know that I am not I'm not an adventurous eater. And I when we go to restaurants, I get the same thing every time because I know that I like it. Like that's how it goes. So this menu was not very large. It had like, I don't know, maybe five options for entrees. Mm. And so I immediately I'm getting nervous because I'm like, what if there's a thing I like? And so, you know, pasta is always a safe choice. And so it was like pasta of the day. And I was like, oh, OK, it'll be like fettuccine Alfredo or, you know. Uh-oh. So our, our waitress comes over and she's like, oh, the pasta of the day today is. Hang on, let me see if I can remember what it was. Homemade garlic gnocchi with a braised rib ragu. Ooh, fancy. And I was like. Well, I like all of those things. So that sounds like it could be delicious. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, I was like, That's, we'll do that. And then my friend got this like rosemary chicken with these like ricotta balls, which was the other thing I was thinking of. What? Yeah. Ricotta and then balls? ricotta balls. And then um, the you soup. You ricotta balls. Right. <laughs> you have me at balls. Um, so, sorry. Uh, so... <laughs> I live in a house of boys. What do you want from me? <laughs> so this, there was a soup as like a, I guess it's a starter, which I'm just going to slide right past that. And we're just going to keep talking about the, about the food. Um, that was, it was a vegetarian orzo soup with white beans and spinach and something else. And so I was like, okay, let's do that. I was like, just get, bring me a glass of white wine, whatever it is that you think I might like. So the wine was delicious. The soup was incredible. And they put down this plate in front of me that has the pasta and it's not a very large portion, which is fine. But I was like, okay, so I take a bite of this and I am just like transported into another galaxy. <laughs> it was so, I just had a visual. <laughs> so good. And I thought maybe I was being like, maybe, I mean, I thought maybe I was being dramatic. And so now you know, I'm so really I, hungry. Like my stomach is gurgling. <laughs> so then, so I'm eating it. Pork ribs. Yeah. So I'm eating it and I get like, like three quarters of the way 
through. And all of a sudden I realized I really should have taken this slower because it's very rich. And so (laughs) I'm incredibly full. I'm so full right now. So my friend is like, oh, hey, can I try? I was like, yeah, absolutely. So I there was like, like that hands off, it's mine. <laughs> but I was so full that I was like, I don't actually think I can eat anymore. And there wasn't enough to take home. There was like two bites to take home. So she, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So, and she's not like a beef fan. Like she would, you know, if she had her choice, it wouldn't be beef. And so I was like, oh, I'll be interested to see what she thinks about it. So she, because she was telling me how good her chicken was, like how great the ricotta balls were. And so... I had to bring it back up. You knew that. So, <laughs> so she takes a it. bite of it and she like looks at me, her eyes get big <laughs> like saucers. And she's like, I thought my meal was good. She's like, this is next level. She <laughs> scraped my plate clean. I think she wanted to. And um, so she only ate half of her chicken and then she ate the rest of my <laughs> meal so she was taking hers home. So then, of course, they come over and they're like, oh, can we interest you in dessert? And I am so full at this point. The thought of dessert, it makes me incredibly uncomfortable because I'm like, I don't think I can eat anything else. But how do you say no to a like chocolate fudge mousse cake with homemade espresso ice cream? I don't know oh. how you say no. I, I don't have the self-control to say no to that. So she, they bring us one piece so we can split it. And I take like two bites and I literally am like, I cannot eat anything else or I'm gonna like puke I just can't eat anymore so we do decide to bring home like the like the two bites left of this chocolate cake it was like the best meal I've ever had it was incredible (laughs) wow and so so I'm telling my husband about it because he's like I can't believe that you went there without me and I was like sorry dude so um wait anymore we have to live life Exactly. No more so, waiting. You don't go. You don't go. Right. So I said, I brought you home the cake. And he's like, oh, OK. So he opens it and he and it, the cake was so rich. Right. And so he opens it. He's like, are you serious? I'm like, what? He goes, this is one bite. I was like, no, no, it's not that right there, my friend. That's going to take you a solid 25 minutes to eat. That right there <laughs> is about like that's a, that's a meal right there. And so he takes one yeah, bite and he, was go, like, go. and he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Nice. So if you find yourself in the Vermont area, you should look up the Hermitage Inn because it's delightful. And they just started opening up for booking to actually like stay there for the rooms to be open and available. So I'm super excited to be able to go back and work with them and maybe go stay there. But yeah, it was delightful. So we, you know, we did that on Saturday. Out of this world. Yeah, it's incredible. (laughs) And it changes like every day. So But they're also just open for dinner, too. So if you wanted, if you're in the area and didn't want to stay over, but you wanted to go for dinner, you can also just go for dinner there, which I would highly recommend. It is an investment restaurant. I will say that much to you. <laughs> to put it below. As, rest- as restaurants and, and dinners go, I will say it's probably. It's AF. I, I, will, I can say without a shadow of a doubt is the most expensive meal I've ever had. <laughs> That's why it was so damn good, Mel. It was so good. I'm not complaining. It was delicious. Yeah, you're going back. I know. So, Meg, if you come out next year, I am coming out. We talked about them. We can we can go to the Hermitage Inn. Good. When we go, let's book it on the calendar. Let's do it. October. I told you, second to third week of October, we had this conversation. I'm coming. Okay, you book it. All right, I'll book it. Make me book stuff. Fine. Fine. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just really nice to get away the weekend and so I didn't come home until like 
bedtime on Sunday. It was awesome. <laughs> nice. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I get to go to Madeira on Saturday, which is not fun at all. It's a little teeny tiny country town to yeah. watch soccer, which I enjoy thoroughly. Don't get me wrong. I'm very excited to go watch soccer, but Madeira's not, you know, like the sights. So it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. No, it's not. It's not a resort town. No, it's more like no. a cow town. <laughs> cow town. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So good times. Awesome. Yep. Well, you know what? It's getting out of town anyway, so it's at least it's a car ride with some music and that's true. You know. it's a nice little hour or so. So that'll be fun. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah. It's a good. It's good to just sometimes get in the car and just be able it to is. drive a little bit and. You know, I could listen to my music. So it's funny, right? Because so my best friend and I went away for the weekend. And like I said, we each have three children. Hers are a little bit younger than mine. And so, you know, one of the nice things about going away is that no, one, you don't have anyone that needs your attention. And so, so we funny. sort of have this. <laughs> so she and I have known each other. We had her on the podcast. Uh, so it's Magda. And so we have known each other for 25 years. And so, um, so it's just so funny sometimes because I think I was like, oh, you know, my husband's like, oh, what did you guys do when you got together? I was like, we, we didn't talk to each other, really. <laughs> we get in the car, so we get in the car to drive up an hour and a half drive up to Vermont. And she turns to me and she's like, I'm not going to talk to you while we're in the car. I brought my book. <laughs> I was like, OK, I'm going to sing. So <laughs> I wish I could just say that to people. I'm not going to speak to you. Actually, yeah. see, that's what my favorite thing about road trips is like, I can bring my book and read, but people like to talk to me on road trips now. I'm like, shh, I, I will talk to you. Talk. <laughs> I want to read. Well, Meg, when you, drive, when you fly into, into Boston, we drive up to Vermont, I won't talk to you. Yes. <laughs> it's a perfect pair. No. So it's, you know, but I appreciate that about our relationship that she, you know, that, that we can sort of just be open about like what like we it. need for the weekend. And so she was like, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to talk to you. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, I will have to do something though. So I am going to sing along to Adele while we drive. So just so that we're all clear. And she's like, that's fine. I said, great. Perfect. No problem. So, awesome. um, so that's what we did. And what did you and I do when we were in the car? <laughs> when I was in, in California, we sang the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Like the entire time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome i know yeah so but it's just you know it's just nice and so yeah we just we spent a lot of time just sort of sitting in in quiet she was reading i was reading i took a nap like it's just nice to to be with somebody that you don't you, you can just be 150 percent yourself with that person and and i'm not no offended that she's like either. i don't want you to talk to me and i'm yeah. not offended <laughs> that she doesn't want to talk to me and you know because especially when you have kids like that time the, the few and the few moments you can scrape together for yourself, like it's important to have that time and it's important to be able to sort of like disconnect and, and not feel like you have to, you know, to be on. And so, you know, we spent a decent amount of time like we had a great conversation during dinner. You know, we were at the restaurant and we, and we talked. It wasn't like it was silent all weekend, but I appreciate that. And I, and I hope I hope that, you know, that you all have people in your lives that you can be that person around that you can just say, look at them like, yeah, I'm not I, I don't want to talk to you right now, like for the next hour and a half. And they're like, OK, cool. Sounds great. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> Who breaks the silence first? Yeah. And it's, you know, and at no point was I offended by that or upset about it. And no, I, was I like, like it. It's refreshing. You know. it's very, so you can refreshing. feel free to just say to me, 
I don't want you to talk to Shut me. Shut your mouth, fool. <laughs> okay, well, that might be rude, but you could just say, I don't want you to talk to me right now. <laughs> or I'd like to enjoy some quiet, please. Absolutely, no problem. Maybe not shut your mouth, fool. <laughs> well, that well, might be our thing now. My everyday vernacular, you would know that that was really heartfelt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that that probably works for you and I. We could look at it like, don't talk to me, fool. <laughs> Anybody else would be like, what? Oh my gosh. (laughs) You guys are so mean to each other. I know. No, it's love. Comes from love. I love you. (laughs) And on that note, friends, we're going to go. We're going to wrap it up. (laughs) Eric's going to be mad at all the giggling again. I know. I know. But you know what? Here's to good friends. Here's to having people that know you and that like you anyway. And here's to, to... taking it one step at a time through this thing called parenting and uh and we whoops <laughs> and on that note and on that note we're gonna say goodbye bye friends <laughs> <Goodbye>. go <laughs>